Riot Squad, a female-powered media agency proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A dot com. See you there. Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. On this episode of Bonus Tracks, I am joined by a singer-songwriter all the way from Portugal. His new album, Songs on a Wire, is out now on V2 Records. Please welcome the absolutely incredible Christopher M. Hello, sir. Hi. Nice to be here. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, I I listened to the album all the way through last night, and it's absolutely fantastic so first and foremost well done well thank you so much that's so nice to hear yeah that was a that was a piece of work <laughs> i so tell me tell me about songs on a wire yeah so songs on a wire is my second record um it was tracked over the course of last year uh, for a period of amount around five months and uh, it is called songs on a wire uh, because of the way that we did it so 2017 i was doing a tour with this guy called tim hart and Stu larson uh, so two guys um and um i became friends with both of them and uh we kept in touch me and tim for for a long time and uh, we we spoke a lot about production and music and um and I came to the conclusion on this album that I wanted to kind of shift uh, my sound a little bit. And so I um, was speaking to him about it and came to the conclusion that it would be so cool if, if he could produce this. So we started talking about me flying to Australia uh, to do that. Uh, but of course, uh, if we go back one year, things were quite different with, with the pandemic going on. And Australia had its borders shut. So I just couldn't come in so we were kind of for a moment waiting that they would uh open the borders uh, which didn't happen and then um the other option would be for him to fly over to portugal and work with me in the in my island in interstate island in the azores and so uh but that would also have a problem uh because not only uh he would have to fly here on his way back he would have to quarantine for 30 days in, in sydney so that, that was like insanely expensive and would keep him way too much time away from, uh, from his uh, family. And so we ended up deciding, okay, let's just, uh, let's just do this. 
uh, like we're doing everything else at the moment. Um, so I went and purchased some recording gear. I already had good gear, but uh, like I was like, okay, now that we're doing this, I'm going to spend some of that budget on stuff. So I bought a, you know, another set of mics, uh, preamps and things that make, make a difference when making a record. And um, he had the studio over there. And so for a period of like uh, five months, we were, I was like putting my alarm clock at 4 a.m., waking up so that I could match his time zone. And, uh, and we would be on these like uh, Zoom sessions for a while, discussing lyrics, working on song structures. And then once we shut that part down, we went into recording mode and that was me like tracking guitar and send it over to Australia. He would track the drums, send it over to me in the Azores. I would track the guitar and, you know, this sort of like a virtual ping pong thing. And um, when we were done with the record, I was like, this, the, the way we did this should be related to the name of the record. And so I came up with this idea of songs on a wire, which is like this old, uh, wire that you could imagine crossing the world where where we could send songs from one side to each other. You know, we all take that for granted and assume it's pretty normal these days, but if you think about it, it's, it's pretty magical. And so, um, yeah, that's how Songs on a Wire was born. For this, for this next question, it's kind of song specific. So I'm going to pick one of my favorite songs uh, from the album, and that would be uh, Chin Up. If I was going to build a playlist around Chin Up, uh, what would what would the best vibe for that be? Um, you know, maybe things. Uh, let, let me just just think for a bit. But I I, I feel like. For that song in specific, me and Tim were talking about like the Verve vibes, things from from that era of uh, I don't know, Bittersweet Symphony. Uh, you know that song, like things, like things around that uh, that area. Like I've I've always been, not that it's like a a big uh, part of the record, but I've always been a sucker for for what happened in the nineties. Um, I I love the melodic pop that was on the radio uh, it, you know it it wasn't as empty as it is today you know they had really you could strip any song that was like on on top 20 to an acoustic guitar and vocal and, and it would be a good song you know um and um yeah there's something about that era that i really like and he liked it too um yeah there's there's also david gray you know uh he has the, uh, the white letter album that both him and I love. So that's kind of where the, um, the drum machine thing came from the idea um, because David Gray has a song that has that. And, um, and so we were discussing, yeah, maybe we should try to put a drum machine and, inter and interact your drums with that. And, uh, and yeah, and yeah, we did that. And um, yeah, I think, I think that's the world where that song would, would live on, I believe. What time of day are you most creative? Um, you know, it, it really depends, but usually, you know, I, I used to be a late night person. Um, and then over the years, like my wife is a, an early bird. And so I started kind of adapting a little bit to her life. And came to the conclusion that I'm quite creative in early morning, like like uh, 
and I saw an interview with with one of my favorite songwriters, uh, Gregory Allen Isaacoff. I think I think that was him, or or either either him or Jeff Tweedy. One of them said that um, they also write better lyrics in the morning because when you just woke up, you're kind of uh, still sleepy so so you're you're dreamy a little you're still a little a little dreamy you're still uh you still haven't crossed completely to to um the reality side of things and so you tend to question uh, because you're also feeling sleepy so you don't have much of that uh rash extra rationality that you have throughout the day and that is really cool when you're writing because um our biggest rival when writing a song is uh, our own conscious, you know? Like you're writing something and you, your brain is immediately, uh, why are you doing that, you know? What do you want to say with this line? And um, and that is the worst thing you can do when writing. Like you, you shoot first and you ask questions later. And, and um, what I've learned over the years is that when I would write songs at night, I'd be thinking a lot, you know, about what I was doing. And there is a, part of the process where that comes in handy and and that would be once you've uh written uh once you've created the skeleton of the song uh i think there is a second part of that process that you need to be a bit more rational about what you're doing and that that is the, the to me that is the part that can drag a song for years so so i would say that the best Part of the day for me to start creating a song would be morning, like early morning. But probably the best part of the day to kind of think about it and try to conclude it would be um, either you know afternoon or, or nighttime, um, because then you actually need that rationality of okay, uh, I've said this, uh, I want to take this story this way, you know. Um, yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a mixture. But to me, uh, recently it's been about waking up and just picking the guitar straight, and uh, and something will come up that might be interesting. So if this uh, if this interview suddenly turned into like a tiny desk concert type thing, uh, where where does Chen Up fall in the set list? Hmm. You know, I've been doing these kind of, I'm, I'm in the middle of a tour um, and I've been doing uh, these in-store shows and it's kind of like a tiny desk thing, come to think of it, because it's like four to five songs. And yeah, I've been, I've been actually opening these, uh, these in-store shows with Chin Up. So I would do that. I think it's a song that's good to like set a good mood in the room because it's a, it's a happy song with with cool vibes and so i just i just like to put that one first and then just drag everyone into misery with with uh, crooked lines or something like that <laughs> what advice would you give the next generation of artists um oh man it, it's it's so complicated because the advice that i'm about to give is probably the advice that um won't work for them to be honest i don't know like I, I feel like this world has gone too, too social media focused, and 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 just um, people are more concerned about what others think they're doing than the reality of it. And you know, 
artists have boring days like everyone else and not every frame of our day needs to be shared and and when you write music you have to do it for the right reasons and that is because you need to do it um you need to to um to 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 empty your head from the stuff that is going on and you do it via your guitar or piano and not because it's cool to share it on on uh on instagram what what i mean by this is like i feel like we're going through a period of time where people feel like they need to follow whatever it is that is that is working to get you know some attention some likes some this some that some followers and um and the basic stuff is, is kind of being left behind which is a shame and 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 i think that is resulting in in um in in, in for example big hits that if you kind of strip them apart they're not a good song you know they're like they're like uh like a christmas tree that is very uh beautiful but then you take everything off and it's a very ugly christmas tree you know what i mean uh that's I, so i would say so to to kind of sum this up i would say you know stay true to yourselves and and use music uh to to um express yourself without thinking of if whether or not that is something that people want to hear um because if you take music the way you, you people are thinking everything at the moment it's kind of it's not it's not true you know it's it's it becomes a plastic thing and music needs to be organic it needs to be true and it needs to come from the heart that's what i would say how personal is songs on a wire like how much how much of you is in this album oh man a lot you know i, I have this tendency to to write about things that either are kind of where that things that either I'm going through or someone close enough for me to sort of feel them a little bit like my own is going through. Not to say that every single song is like that, but you know, like 90, 90 or 85% of the stuff that I write is a bit, a little bit like that. And so I end up with very personal songs and, and very personal records. And uh, the first one was like that. And, and this one is, is kind of kind of the same vibe. Although, although we, you know, there are four songs in the year that, that lyrics uh, were, uh, I co-wrote the lyrics with Tim. So I kind of showed him uh, the, the first idea of the song and I told him, Hey, this, I'm kind of speaking about this here, this particular situation, and we we kind of wrote together about that. So, you know, having a co-writer in this case didn't change um, the meaning of the song, so it's still pretty pretty personal in, in the majority of the record. If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you spend it? Oh man, you know, I a while back I would definitely spend it doing something, uh, something uh, with more activity. At the moment, I would spend it sleeping. <laughs> or at least try to, you know. I've I've been like uh, having trouble sleeping, so I don't know. But but that would be what I would 
what I would try to spend that hour in. Tell me about the moment that you decided to pursue music. Uh, you know, that's kind of a funny story. Like, uh, I've, I started doing music when I started playing guitar when I was 11. Um, I, my friends had, uh, my, my parents had a, this really great family friend who was a very good guitar player and he would play, <clears throat> sorry, he would play in our, in our parties and house parties and things like that. And he would play like super tramp, pink Floyd and things like that. And I became fascinated. And so I started asking my parents, started asking my parents for a guitar and I got it, um, uh, and, and when I was 11 and then that man taught me how to play wish you were here by pink floyd and um and then from there i started playing the guitar by myself and trying to figure out chords trying to figure out how to make melodies and uh, i quickly became more addicted to trying to start my own melodies than to to play anyone's stuff so with that came writing songs came recording my own stuff and because i lived in an island and i had no friends um almost no friends who who could teach me stuff in music i kind of had to learn everything by myself and so when i was 16 i had a bunch of demos uh and myspace was huge back then and so like everyone else i had my demos up in myspace and, uh, you know, I came from a small island in the middle of the Atlantic. I still live there. So it's, it's to, in my generation, if you would uh, tell everyone that you wanted to be a professional musician, they will tell you, you know, take it, just get a job. That's not going to work. And so, so you, you kind of grow up with the um, idea that that is impossible. I, I was never the guy to take that as an answer. So when I was 16, I sent a MySpace message to a Portuguese uh, big pop act back then. And uh, uh, his name is Gomo. And I, and I said, Hey, do you mind like checking out my, my songs and tell me what I could do to be better at this thing. And he wrote, this was like a guy that was like on MTV back then. He was, he was huge, you know? And, um, and I had, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there and see what happens. And so he mailed me back and said, man, I love your songs. And I, I think I should meet you. Um, so why won't you fly over to Lisbon and we'll, we'll just have a chat about the whole thing. And I'll tell you what I think you could do. Um, yeah, let's start from there. And I was like, and I was, you know, a 16 year old kid in an island in the middle of the Atlantic talking to an MTV star. And it, and it felt like, oh man, I, I need to do this. So I just, I just asked my par parents for some money, booked a ticket, flew to Lisbon, got here. And he was doing this press conference with another famous band. He introduced me to, to, to the other band and you know, we spent like two or three days uh, and, and it was all pretty magical to me. So when I got home, I was like, I don't care what you guys say. I'm going to be a musician because this is possible. Like I, I just, I was just with, with two, um, two, two, two guys who are like major pop acts and it's, and it wasn't that difficult to speak with them. <clears throat> so that was, 
So that was the moment when, when I think in my head it became possible to, to actually want to do that. And then I came to Lisbon to, stu to study uh, in a fine arts school, uh, which didn't go very well because I ended up quitting like six months after. Um, and, and instead of spending money on, on that school, I decided I'm going to make a record. And that, that was it. That from there on became my life. What do you want people to get from Songs on a Wire? What would you like for them to walk away from the album with? I don't know, man. I think songs have uh, this, this job of, if they're good, they have this job of sort of taking you on a journey. Um, they, can, they can take you to a specific memory. They can take you to a specific person. You know, you can sort of travel without leaving your seat if, if, if a song is good. And, um, you know, an album is a collection of songs. And so, so I would say that what I would hope is that those songs get to do that for, for, for people, you know, or at least some of the songs. Um, yeah, that if, 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 they, if they have that impact, then I'd say that, that my job as a songwriter is done and I'm, I'm happy. Now, going back to um, Chin Up, tell me what, what kind of film would you most like to see that song in? Film? Hmm. You know, maybe something from, uh, from Jim Carrey. <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, you know, the me, myself and Irene movie, that kind of thing, you know, like that, uh, that film in particular is, is, is kind of a big deal to me. Um, that's where I met Pete Yorn's music, uh, which is kind of, uh, one of my, one of the references that kind of started me into songwriting and, um, yeah, it's kind of you know what I said about where it fits, uh, like in the in the time frame uh, of uh, of pop music, uh, what we drank from. It's kind of the same thing I'd say in movies. Like anything from that golden era would be a cool match to me. I think. So tell the folks listening at home and all over the world uh, where they can get their hands on songs on a wire. So digitally, it's available in pretty much every platform you can listen to songs. So Apple Music, uh, Deezer, Spotify, uh, anything, uh, iTunes. Um, and they can also, if they want a physical copy, uh, we did a, uh, an edition of um, 180 gram vinyl for this record. And we also have it available on CD. And you can get both of those options from either my Bandcamp page or the store on my website, which will lead you to Shopify, I believe. Um, and all those CDs and vinyls are shipped straight from my own warehouse. And I usually send a personal message with, with each of them. So it's kind of me taking care of that. Um, yeah, yeah. I like to make it a little bit extra personal. So yeah, so if you buy a physical record that will definitely come with a little message from me. Yeah, that's it. I think. And of course we have it in stores as well. And tell everybody where they can find you on social media. So, uh, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube slash 
uh, Christopher Music. That's where they'll find me. So Christopher is kind of a Portuguese name. So I'll spell that to you. It's C-R-I-S-T-O-V-A-M. Um, yeah, all, all of my social media has the same ending. So it's kind of easy. Well, thank you so much uh, for being here today. I've enjoyed this so much. And you know thank you for taking time out of your day to uh talk about your your new album with me thank you so much man it was a true pleasure and it was a great interview with some really cool questions so thanks a bunch man This has been a Rod Wharton production in association with Spring Break 83 Entertainment. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without explicit consent.